0: welcome to the faith podcast thank you for tuning in today i'm pastor carrick butler the second we believe today's message will empower you to make jesus famous in every area of your life here's today's message you may be seated
1: open your bibles with me to galatians chapter 4 verse 4 galatians chapter 4 verse 4 if you're new to faith i want to let you know that we provide all of our bible notes on the YouVersion Bible app. So you can go to the Bible app right now, look at the live event section and find Faith Christian Center and save those notes so you can read along with my notes tonight. Also in a few hours after the experience closes, this message will be up on our podcast and on our website so you can download it for free and to listen to it as well, amen. One of the things I also encourage you to do is to listen to our bishop's message tonight. I know exactly what he's gonna preach because he sent me his notes and it's gonna be a good message. So I want to make sure you listen to it tonight and then I'll tell you at the end because your bishop loves you so much. He knew we couldn't join with him tonight. He's giving you his message for free. And so I'm going to tell you how to get it at the close of tonight's experience. Amen. So Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. If you weren't here on Christmas Eve, I encourage you to listen to that podcast, download that message, because we began to talk about fulfillment and what that means. Back in October and November... The Lord spoke to us through tongues and interpretation of tongues, and he said that 2018 will be a year of fullness, overflow, and glory. Say fullness, overflow, and glory. Say fullness, overflow, and glory. And so for the last six to eight weeks, I've been praying about that, meditating on that. What do you mean by that, God? What does that have to do to apply to us? And one of the things I got and I ministered last week was that fullness is also fulfillment. So 2018 will be a year of fulfillment. And as we shared last week, when you hear the word fulfillment, think promises made, promises kept. When you hear the word fulfillment, think promises made, promises kept. So there are going to be things that happen in 2018, which will be how God is keeping promises he made to you years past. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, as we read last week, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. We looked at that fullness of time, what it meant, all the things that had to happen before Jesus could come, but notice it said fullness of time. We looked at what that word meant in the different definitions. It means an appointed time or a set time. So at the set time, Jesus came. At the appointed time, the Messiah arrived, and that's what we celebrate this past week. But one of the things we analyzed last week was that Mary, Joseph, and others had to play their part at the fullness of time to receive what God had promised. Just because it's fullness of time doesn't mean everything just happens automatically. We all have a role and a responsibility to grace. So go to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Because the fullness of time can pass you by if you are not the person you need to be to receive the promise. The fullness of time can pass you by if you're not the person you need to be in order to receive the promise. 2018 can come and go and you won't receive fullness, overflow, or glory if you're not the person you need to be to receive the promise. Numbers chapter 14, verse 26. So when you look at the passages before, especially chapter 13, chapter 12, God brings the children of Israel to the edge of the promised land. The promised land is on the horizon. They've been out of Egypt for almost two years now, and God is ready to take them into the promised land. They come up with an idea. They ask Moses, let us send spies into the land to survey the land. Moses agrees with the idea. But 10 of the spies come back with a negative report. Numbers in the book of Hebrews calls it an evil report. What was it? A, port, a report of unbelief. Starting with verse 26. Because they come and tell the report, and it says the whole nation cries the entire night. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long do I have to put up with this evil congregation, which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurs of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, And all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me, doubtless you shall not come into the land. Concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which you said would be a prey, them will I bring in, that that they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in the wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of days in which you search the land, even 40 days, each day for a year, shall you bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and you shall know my breach of promise. Now, when we look at that passage, we have to understand the fullness of time, or the set time, or the appointed time, for Israel to enter the promised land arrived. But they weren't the people they needed to be to enter into the promised land. They still acted like Egyptians. They still thought like Egyptians. They still thought like they were in Egypt. They kept saying, we need to go back to Egypt. And because Egypt was on their mind, they couldn't get what God had for them. So why did the children of Israel not receive what God promised them? In Numbers 14, 11, God said, how long will these people provoke me and not believe me? When I study that word provoke, it's also translated hate. God says, how long will these people that I brought out from Egypt hate me? How long would it take them to stop hating me after all the good things I've done for them? The children of Israel were fearful, unbelieving, disobedient. They did not believe God loved them. They thought God hated them. And that's why they could not possess the promised land. If you are unbelieving, fearful, disobedient, and don't believe in the extravagant love of God towards you, you won't see the year fullness overflow and glory, even though it's a set time on God's holy calendar. As a result, the fullness of time came. God was ready to move them to the promised land, but they could not go in. They disqualified themselves. They were not the people they needed to be to receive the promise. Don't let that be you this year. Become the person you need to be in order to receive the manifestation of the promises. That means there's some growing up you may have to do. The promised land was on the horizon. The fullness of time had come, and they could not receive what God had prepared for them. But 40 years goes by. Joshua and Caleb take the new generation into the promised land. They take the land. But let's go to Joshua 21, verse 45. Let's look at the summary of what happened in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 21, verse 45. The set time came. They couldn't receive. Now the set time comes around again and what happens to these people who have prepared themselves Joshua 21, verse 45, it says, There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel, all came to pass. The New Living Translation says it this way, Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came to pass true. Everything was fulfilled. What was that? Promises made, promises kept. Joshua and Caleb prepared themselves to be able to receive the promises. They had a different perspective of life and a different vision. The promised land was on the horizon, but this time Joshua and Caleb possessed the land. There are wonderful things for you on the horizon, but will you possess them? Will you get them? Will you get what God has for you? Well, will you? Y'all just look at me and say, well, I don't know. I hope I get them. Let's try it again. There are wonderful things for you on the horizon, but will you possess them this year? When we say horizon, we deal with sight and metaphorically time. What do we mean by metaphorically time? We talk about what is soon to happen. So one of the things I do now, at the end of the summer and the beginning of the fall, I began to seek out specifically what are we supposed to do the next year And a specific singular word that describes tw- the next year. And so the word that kept coming into my heart, July, August, was the word horizon. So I started studying that word, looking at all the different definitions of the word, the applications of that word. And I'll talk about it more throughout January but so many times we talk about things that are on the horizon. It's gonna happen one day. It's gonna happen soon, but then it never happens. It's time out for leaving things on the horizon. It's time to get everything God has promised us. Joshua had upgraded vision. We'll share on that this upcoming Sunday. You have to have a different type of vision Going to 2018. One of the things we've been talking, especially on Wednesday nights at the end of this year, we talked about a little bit this morning, is when you go into 2018, you must know two things. You must know where you are going, and you must know where to look. You must know where you are going, and you must know where to look. One of the things about prayer, it will help you in both of those areas. And this coming Saturday, we have prayer from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I want to see you there. Let's start out our year in prayer because every success first is a prayer success. Every failure at first is a prayer failure. So we're going to start that year out in prayer and pray out the things and sharpen our focus this Saturday at 10 a.m. But a part of your vision is your focus. So there's three areas the Lord told me to talk to you tonight, three areas for you to focus on so that you can become the person you need to be to receive the promise. Number one, focus on fullness. Focus on fullness. Number one, focus on fullness. Fullness speaks to capacity. The human spirit has a capacity. It has a capacity that can shrink and expand. We don't often think about our own human spirits because we're already soul-focused or body-focused, but your spirit is a very powerful thing. The spirit man of a man or woman is very powerful whether it's on the side of God or on the side of the enemy. Well, what do you mean the side of the enemy? Think about the man who was possessed with legion. Depending on what commentary you read, that's between two to 6,000 demons in one Person, the spiritual capacity of a man. But on the other side, far grander, go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. Fullness speaks to capacity. And you need to focus on fullness. Ephesians 3, verse 19 part of the Ephesians 3 prayer, which I encourage you to pray for yourself every day. And near the end of this prayer, Paul's praying that they know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Why? That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. filled with all the fullness of God. Sometimes we just read through that scripture and say, whatever, Paul. The, new, the NIV says it this way, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You can be filled with God but have a small spiritual capacity. You're like, oh, I'm filled with God. Well, that's great, but if you grow up some, you can receive more of him. The more you walk with God, the more your capacity will expand and the more of himself God can pour into you. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. let wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine like others are tonight but be filled with the Spirit. Filled, filled. Being filled with the Spirit is not a divine luxury, it's a divine command. The Greek translates this phrase, be being filled. What does that mean? Continually be filled. If you have to be continually filled, that means there's some days you're filled and some days you're not. I was listening to a pastor recently, and people ask him different things about his church. And they come and say, are you a spirit-filled church? He said, well, some days we are. I like to hope we are most days. Some days, well, we ain't. If you looked at your life, are you filled? Or are you running on empty? Because just because you were filled 10 years ago doesn't mean you're filled today. I'm not talking about did you lose the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have him. But are you filled with the Spirit? There's one baptism, but there's many refillings. Are you filled to the full with the Holy Ghost? Because it's going to be important for your success always, but especially as you move forward on the timetable of God. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Not just halfway, not just I got a little drop of my tank. You have to be filled. So speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're always whining, always complaining, always murmuring, you are not filled with the Spirit. You may be filled with something else, but you're not filled with the Spirit. So that's the test. Watch yourself throughout the day. Are you always complaining, or are you always praising? This is an indicator how much you have on the inside. We have to focus on fullness. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. He hid the word of God in the spirit. What does the word hid mean? It means to hide, to treasure, to treasure or store up. So David said, I'm going to keep putting the word in my spirit so it will keep me from sinning. That means your spirit has a capacity to receive the Word of God. Are you full of the Word of God? You can't be full of the Word of God if you only come to church once a week, if you come once a week, and never open your Bible during the week. You're not full. Because you have to think everything is trying to pour into you. You You're carrying something, but are you carrying what God wants you to carry? You have to focus on fullness this year. You have to focus on being filled with the Word of God. You have to focus on being filled with the Spirit of God. You have to focus on being filled with the love of God. You can't just be filled one day, it's every day. It's a consistent thing. Because the thing is, a spiritual secret, you leak. Faith leaks. You can be filled with the word, filled with the spirit. And then you leak out. You pour out. Why? You deal with trifling people. Hopefully you aren't the trifling person, but sometimes you will deal with trifling people. And it seems like it just zaps you. It's like, man, I prayed five hours today. I'm super spiritual. And you meet that one person after 10 minutes like, oh, Jesus, I need more of you today because I'm about to light them up if they say one more thing. You leak. You pour out. So that means if you focus on fullness, you're getting yourself into a place where you so consistently and continually receive from the Spirit of God that it doesn't matter what's pouring out because what's pouring in is greater than what's going out. It can't just be, well, this has always worked for me. Hopefully you've grown in God and your spiritual capacity has expanded. One of the things we tell people here is to at least read one chapter of the word of God out loud a day, at least one chapter. But as you grow, you're going to understand that's not enough. You're going to need more consistently and continually. There's some days where you only can get one chapter in, listen to one message because of the day. But then there's other days where you have more time and you got to keep pouring in more. You have to continually pour in more so you can stay full. Number one area God told me to tell you to focus on in 2018 is focus on fullness. Look at your neighbor and say, focus on fullness. Look at your neighbor other neighbor and say, You look kind of empty tonight. Focus on fullness. In order to be full, it has to be a concentrated effort to keep receiving from God. It is a dedication to keep getting poured into where the leaks cannot drain you, but serve as an outflow to bless others. As I continued to meditate on the three words, fullness, overflow, and glory, kept playing them over my mind and my spirit, I began to realize it wasn't just a promise or a prophetic word. It was a process. It's not just a promise, not just a prophetic word. It's a process. Because if you focus on fullness and continue to be filled, at one point you're going to overflow. And when the overflows, you're going to run into glory. If you keep focusing on fullness, keep being filled to overflows, out of that overflow will be glory. It's a process. You have to go through the process. Why? Because if you go through the process, you'll become the person you need to be to receive the promises. But if you don't go through the process, you won't be the person you need to be to receive the promises. So if you keep focusing on the Word of God, focusing on getting filled with the Spirit, focus on walking in love, being filled with the love of God, while you're focusing on these things, you are changing from the inside out and you're transforming into the person God wants you to be. But you have to go through the process. You can't just skip it. A lot of people want these great, grand revelations and manifestations of God's spirit, but they haven't got out of kindergarten. But God wants you to grow up some so that you can keep receiving what he has for you. As we look at Galatians 4 last week, it talks about the person that even though they are the heir to everything, if they are a child or not old enough to receive it, they're no different from a servant. How many children of God haven't received their full inheritance because they're walking around like children instead of heirs? That God wants to release more power on your life, more Holy Ghost and fire, but he can't because you're going to use it the wrong way because you haven't learned to control your mouth yet. This is Atlanta. Traffic's horrible. Someone will cut you off. But if you're always cussing them out, God can't turn power up on you. the moment you cuss them out, if your power was turned up, the road would open and they would drop down to hell. You're like, oops, oh, I I, I didn't mean that, Jesus. You got to watch your mouth. God can't turn up the power if you're loose with your mouth. If you focus on fullness and getting the word and being filled with the spirit and being full of love, it will retrain your tongue. Your tongue is a creative force. You are living in today what you said before. You say, I'm just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. Stop saying you're sick and tired. What did Proverbs say? The power of life and death is in your tongue. If you're going to have a good 2018, you need to talk about it. If it's going to be horrible, keep talking about it. And then, you know, a lot of us, we're on social media. But we can't be filled with social media because mostly it's negative. You look for a cat video to edify your spirit. Most of it's negative. Everyone's saying all these horrible things, and it doesn't mean it's true. Fake news, fake news didn't appear this year. It's been here for decades. But now everyone has a platform to say what they think, whether it's true or not. And so you begin to believe what people post instead of what God said. You watch one documentary and you cut out all this food from your life, and God's been telling you to stop sleeping around, and it's taken you 20 years to do that. Focus on fullness. Give honor to the Word of God. What does it mean to give honor? Make that weighty. Make the Word of God weightier than every other opinion in your life. You have to do that if you're gonna focus on fullness. Fullness, overflow, and glory is a process. If you focus on fullness to the point that you overflow, there will be glory. This is a process that God wants you to undergo this year. If you do, you will be fulfilled and see all that God has for you in 2018. Go to Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Focus on fullness Fullness is just a starting point. Fullness is just a starting point. So Philippians, one prayer, another prayer, I can encourage you to pray for yourself and your family and your friends every day. Paul said, in this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. The New Living Translation says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. So it's not just enough that you're overflowing. I need you to keep growing too. The King James goes on and says that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and the praise of God. It's God's will that you overflow more and more. It's also his will that you are filled to overflowing with the fruits of righteousness. What are the fruits of righteousness? They are the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5, and 23. They are all attached to and flow from the love of God. God wants you to abound in the fruit of the Spirit. Going into 2018, you can either be petty or have power. Pick. You can't have both. You're either going to be petty or powerful. If you're always petty, you're not walking in the fruit of the Spirit. You may have a smart remark, you may get likes on Facebook because you posted a petty remark, but there's no power in your life. You got to leave pettiness in 2017 if you want to walk in power in 2018. Focus on fullness, leave pettiness behind. Walk in love and walk in power. As we said a few weeks ago, if your love walk is some timing, your bravery and your boldness will be some timing. You won't be able to step out because you're not confident in God's love because you haven't been walking in love. If you're always petty, you're not going to step out and walk in power. You're going to run to the back. Things are going to happen around you. You have no confidence to step up and change it because you've been concentrated on being petty and being quick with your mark instead of saying what God said about it. We gotta grow up. The world needs us. We have to be the people God has called us to be. We have to go through this process of fullness, overflow, and glory. So, number one, focus on fullness. Number two, focus on fruitfulness. Number two, focus on fruitfulness. God wants you to bear fruit. This year, you need to focus on bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. This includes the nine fruit of the Spirit. Go to John chapter 15. Focus on fruitfulness. Are you bearing fruit? A lot of us produce a lot of things, but it doesn't mean we're producing what God wants us to produce. Are you bearing the fruit God wants you to bear? Well, she does answer for a lot of people right there. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. John 15. John 15, verse 1. We spent about eight or nine weeks in John 15 this year. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. My father is the gardener. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. It doesn't mean he throws it away. As we studied it out, especially this summer and the late spring, it means he lifts it up and puts it in a position so it can bear more fruit. And it says every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. The word purge means to clean or to prune, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, how does God prune believers? Does he do it through tragedy, disaster, death, or some type of evil? No. But it's a religious saying, well, God must have put that on you to teach you something. Well, if that was true, I'd try to learn real quick so I can get out of it. But people don't even believe that. Oh, well, God put that sickness on you to teach you something. Then why are they at the hospital and going to the doctor? It's, oh, it may be the will of God for some people to be sick. It's never the will of God for some people to be sick. If you keep pushing it, says, "Oh, you believe sickness is the will of God, right? Well, you need to get really sick then eat all the bad foods you can don't shower for months don't eat any nutrients go drink dirty water do all these things if you really believe it's god's will for you to be sick it well, says thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven you must believe that heaven is full of sickness then it's not god's will for you to be sick it's not god's will for you to be depressed it's not God's will for you to be defeated, and it's not God's will for you to be broke. You have to walk in God's will, and don't let religious people or worldly people talk you out of it. You fall on the promises of God for yourself. How does God prune his people? Through the word of God. Because now you are clean, the word also is clean, is translated prune, through the word which I have spoken to you God will prune you through his word he will cut things out of your life by his word some of you are upset about relationships that didn't work out in 2017 that is the mercy of God I just don't know why they didn't call me back the mercy of God I really liked them, girl I just don't know why he didn't talk to me the mercy of God Stop focusing on what didn't work out and look at what did work out. So many times we fall for substitutes instead of getting the real thing. So many of you haven't met Boaz yet because you're still dealing with Bozo. I can change him, Jesus. I can do it. No, there's no missionary dating. That's not going to work. Don't settle for substitutes. Because you know what? It's better to be alone than married to crazy and the devil. Because the thing is, if you think you need someone to satisfy you and become complete by getting married, you both are going to be jacked up. Because if two halves get married, it's not a whole, it's just two broken people. You have to be complete by yourself to understand I'm not looking for someone to upgrade me, I'm bringing something to the table. You believe in yourself enough that you know you are royalty that you can step up saying, hey, what are you bringing to the table? Because this is about to be a corporate merger. We're going somewhere together instead of going, well, maybe if we can rub two nickels together, maybe we can find a dime. No, we're coming together because we got kingdom business to do. It's a different mentality. Because I'm completing God, I don't need someone else to bring completion to me. If you focus on fullness, you'll get there. A lot of people are believing for this perfect person. Instead of always believing for the perfect person, why don't you become the perfect person? Because if you become the perfect person, the right person will find you. But the thing is, if you're looking for the right person and being the right person, that means you need to know who to tell no. Just because it's cold and it's cuffing season doesn't mean you need someone to hang out with. Well, I'm just lonely. Well, you'll be hanging out with the fool when the right one walks by and sees, oh, you must be taken, and so they'll go and get someone else. You wonder, well, why is it taking so long? Why are you entertaining fools? That works for both genders. That's for somebody. We'll go back to my notes. He says, abide in me. We said the word abide means to stay, to continue, to dwell, to remain in me. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except you abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Whatever you try to do without Jesus will eventually become nothing. You must remain connected to him. The message verse says it this way. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can bear grapes by itself but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. One of the way God shows who He is, He does it by you bearing fruit. By you producing after the fruit of the Spirit. By you making disciples. Because God doesn't want you just have fruit that shows up one day. John 15, 16 says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. What happens to people who are fruitful, who remain connected? Whatever they ask God for, they get. Did I say whatsoever? So if you focus on fullness, you focus on fruitfulness, you'll get to a point that whatever you ask for, you get. It's not a question, did God hear me? Only oh, yeah, I know he heard me. It's just a question, when is it showing up? Amen. These are people who are maturing in God. The only way you can be fruitful is if you stay connected to God. Staying connected to God doesn't mean just praying in the morning. It's good to pray in the morning. It's good to read the word of God in the morning. But if that's all you do, that doesn't mean you're connected throughout the day. That means you need to talk to him throughout the day. That's not deep. It's not spooky. You don't have to be at your office desk and fall to your knees and Jesus, I need to talk to you right now. Keep an ongoing conversation in your heart throughout the day. It can just be, Father, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. Thank you that you're with me. You're saying it under your breath. You're just thanking him. What are you doing? You're practicing the presence of God. You're making yourself more aware that God is with you, and you're keeping an ongoing conversation. And if you keep doing that, you will hear his voice. Most of the times God speaks to us as not a big booming voice. A lot of the times when I know what to share on Sundays and on Wednesdays and when I preach, it's not because I had a big booming voice or a vision from heaven. It's just a soft voice that speaks to me throughout the day. It doesn't even happen all the time when I'm in my prayer closet. Most of the time it happens when I'm just out living life. I'm at the gym. I'm at the movies. I'm hearing from God. I went to see Star Wars The Last Jedi. I enjoy the movie. If you haven't seen it by now, you should have seen it, and I may throw some spoilers in January. just coming your way. But I'm watching the whole movie, and I'm getting messages about prayer because I'm looking at the first order. So there's no way the first order should have got that strong if Luke and the Jedi did what they're supposed to do. So I'm watching this, and then I'm like, there's no way the kingdom of darkness should be so strong if the church did what they were supposed to do. And so I leave last Jedi. I say, yeah, I'm ready to have a prayer meeting. What what is that? I'm listening to him throughout the day. He'll use things you see and talk to you about it. God is always talking, is are you listening? It's not just about deep things, simple things, small things. Check in with him. Should I go here? Should I go there? I just check in my heart before I leave, go certain places. You know, people are crazy. They get crazy about the day. Should I go to this movie time or should I go to another? Should I go that way? Just checking my heart, looking for peace. Why? That keeps you safe. That's how you dwell in Psalm 91. But it's also how you keep an ongoing conversation with God. And if you do that, you're remaining connected and you're going to bear much fruit. Colossians 1.10, another prayer, I encourage you to pray for yourself every day. Paul's praying that they may walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing, being fruitful in Every good work. God wants you to be fruitful in every good work. He doesn't just want you to do good works like, oh, I hope that helps somebody. He wants it to bear fruit. Every good work. Everything you do can produce. As I said this morning, one of the things I confess daily is that God even make my mistakes to prosper. So what happens if I make a mistake? God's going to cause it to turn for my good. Your words have to be connected to the word of God, that every good thing you do should produce. We're not doing this aimlessly or purposelessly. God has us doing things on purpose. We expect it to produce. So number two, focus on fruitfulness. You ready for number three? Before we go to number three, what was number one? What's number two? Number three, focus on fire. Number three, focus on fire. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. Focus on fire. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29.
0: Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29.
1: Very short scripture. For our God is a consuming fire. When they saw him on Mount Sinai, when he came and sat on the mountain, they said it's like the whole mountain caught on fire. Smoke ascended upward. Why? He appeared to them as fire. We look through the prophets. It says he looks like fire from the waist up, fire from the waist down. It's the fire of the glory of God. Matthew 3.11 talks about that Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Number three, you need to focus on fire. This is a year of glorious manifestation of God's glory and the gifts of the Spirit. The nine different gifts of the Spirit you see in 1 Corinthians 12. One of the things you'll see are emphasized this year is something we're going to call the Big 18, the nine fruit of the Spirit, and the nine gifts of the Spirit. Because if you are staying connected to God and focusing on fullness and focusing on fruitfulness, the nine fruit of the Spirit will develop, but the nine gifts of the Spirit will also flow. You won't get to the point, well, do I have the right gift operating so I can do what God needs me to do? You're walking with them, and the gifts of the Spirit will just flow. It's a year of greater gifts of the Spirit, greater manifestations of the Holy Ghost. One of the things you'll hear when you listen to Bishop's message tonight, you'll hear him talking about the year of the Holy Ghost and fire. This is a year of the Holy Ghost and fire. What happened the last time we talked about fire? It was in October. We had a great meeting we talked about. It's not even an exciting subject. We talked about budgets. We talked about saving money. We talked about tithe. We talked. It was a very practical message, very long message. And then we prayed for our youth to receive scholarships and grants. I got a testimony from one of our youth. She says she received an eighty thousand dollars scholarship to one of her colleges. Then we prayed for people who wanted to receive supernatural debt cancellation. And we began receiving testimonies about that. And then the fire kept falling. We were here till like two in the afternoon. We dismissed a long time ago. Y'all just didn't leave. And so the Holy Ghost kept moving. The fire of God was so strong. And it kept increasing. It got to some point that it was on me, I was laying hands on people, I dismissed. I told everyone, go home, leave. I'm going back into my office, and I can still feel the fire of God in my hands. Like I'm trying to get rid of it, for lack of better terms. I'm laying hands on handkerchiefs and cloths in the back like they did in the book of Acts. I come out here, I says, people, bring me your scarves, your jackets, anything you have, hoodies, let me lay my hands on it and bless you. What happened? The power of God is being turned up. You're going to see more and more of that, the fire of God. What happens with the fire of God? It burns up what shouldn't be. It burns up sickness. It burns up disease. It burns up death. It burns up bad things. And it refines what should be. It removes impurities and makes better and stronger what remains. It is a year of Holy Ghost and fire. There's going to be an increase of the manifestations of the Spirit of God. I remember Brother Copeland telling this story. I think it happened maybe a year ago. He was ministering somewhere in South America, ministering at an arena. And there was a hospital either across the street, not too far away. And there was a lady who was in an advanced stage of a disease. They had given up on her. But the doctor and the nurses were in the room, and all of a sudden they said her face began to flush and turn red. And she says, oh, it's hot, it's hot, it's getting really hot here. They said the temperature increased in the room. And all of a sudden, she was healed. All the sickness and disease disappeared. The doctors didn't know what happened. The nurses didn't know what happened. They said, well, you're good. Go home. So she walks out the building confused. And then she sees a sign for Kenneth Copeland's meeting. She walks in and gets saved. What happened? The fire of God began to fall in that whole radius. That's going to keep on happening in 2018. Number three, you must focus on on fire so this is a year of glorious manifestation of God's glory and the gifts of the spirit but he's also put talents and giftings in each and every one of you he's put talents and giftings in each and every one of you the glory of God is also defined as the majesty and the fame of God we know the different manifestations of the glory of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the light, the fire, the rain, the water, the lightning, the sound. But it's also defined as the majesty and the fame of God. When you use what God has given you, the giftings, the talents, and the abilities he put on the inside of you, whether you consider them spiritual or not, when you use the giftings and the talents God has put on to you, in you to bring him honor and fame, that is a manifestation of his glory. God's put a book in your heart for you to write. You write the book. That is a manifestation of the glory of God. You may be good in sports. You keep working your craft, and you begin to excel. That's a manifestation of the glory of God. Whatever gifting and talent you use, and you begin to manifest that, that's the glory of God manifesting. It brings some fame. It brings some honor. It brings majesty to his name. So when you use what God has given you to bring him honor and fame, as we said, that is a manifestation of his glory. This is a year for going further in your purpose. You. It's time to stop playing around and saying, case or or whatever will be, will be. You need to fulfill your purpose. That means you may need to spend more time with God and find out what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be going. A lot of times it takes people a while to hear from God, not because God's not speaking. It's because you don't know how to tell your mind to shut up. So a lot of times, fasting does not change God. Fasting changes you. Fasting just tells you to stop talking because you want to eat soon. There's nothing deep about it. It's just getting your body in control, getting your emotions in control, getting your mind in control. So a lot of times we spend longer time with God because we're trying to get our mind in check so we can hear clear from God. So if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing this year, you need to spend more time in his presence getting what he wants you to do. Get in your mind quiet, get in your emotions quiet. Stop listening to what everyone else tells you you should do. Well, everyone else says I should do this, Well, what did God say? Because when you stand before God, you can't say "Well, everybody else told me. We're after, well done, thou good and faithful servant, not just well. You barely made it in. Go ahead and sit down somewhere. We want well done. Romans 12, 11, let's go there. Romans 12:11 Romans 12:11 It says not slothful in business but fervent in spirit serving the Lord The word fervent comes with a Greek word called zeo which means to boil with heat or to be hot. There are spiritual fires in your life that you're supposed to maintain. There are moves of the Spirit that come by that God will put something in your heart and as you spend time in prayer and the word, you are maintaining that fire and stoking that fire and you should do that. But there also is the fire of your passion, your dream, and your call. Whatever fire God starts in your life, It's your job to maintain it. You see that in the book of Leviticus and you see it in Chronicles and Kings, that when God started the fire in the tabernacle or in the temple, it was the priest's job to maintain it. We are a kingdom of priests with royal priests. Whatever fire God starts in your life, you are to maintain it. So whether it's a spiritual fire, you are to maintain it. But whether it's a fire for your passion, your dream, your call, it is your job to maintain that fire. Not everyone else trying to stir you up to get you going to fill your purpose. You have to maintain that fire longer than January. You know, everybody's saying, new year, new me. But if we don't do something new, still going to be old you. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It's not going to be a new year unless you do something new. You're not going to fulfill your purpose just because the clock changes. You're going to fulfill it if you begin to focus on fullness, focus on fruitfulness, and focus on fire, and you do what God tells you to do, step by step by step. It is takes time and as we talked about this morning you can't get tired in the middle of the process it's a process you have to go through the process and don't get burned out you have to keep stoking and maintaining that fire so there are spiritual fires you are to maintain but you also must maintain the fire of your passion your dream and your call There's supposed to be a fire in your heart for your dreams and your call. And if you don't have one tonight, I believe God's gonna kindle it before tonight is over. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 is a famous Christmas passage we look at. But then it talks about what Jesus will be called and what he will do. But the last phrase of verse 7 says, The zeal of the Lord shall perform this. So, how will Jesus carry out his ministry? How will he fulfill his mission? By his zeal. Zeal, like the word zeal we just looked at, means great energy, passion, or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. So Jesus had great energy to fulfill his purpose. He had great passion to fulfill his purpose. He was hotly pursuing his cause or his objective. He wasn't haphazard about it. He wasn't lazy about it. He says, I am going to fulfill what God put me on the earth to do. You have to be the same way. You have to be passionate about your purpose. If you have no passion, you will not fulfill your purpose. Your purpose is not automatic. You don't just automatically fulfill your call. One of the things that Hagen used to say, he would say, people live and die, never get into phase one of their calling. How many people are in heaven today? And never fulfill what God wanted them to do on earth. Just because you don't fulfill this plan doesn't mean you get into heaven. It just means your reward is small. And you missed out on what God had for you on this earth. There's a book I was reading by Dr. Monroe. Our minister, I remember he ministered on that when I was a student at ORU. And the Lord brought that book to my mind later this fall, this early winter, to begin to read it again. And I forgot that he had signed it for me. He signed it and it wrote above it two words. Die empty. Die empty. Because he would say in this book, in his message, he says, some of the richest places in the world is the graveyard. Because there lies unwritten books, unproduced music, unproduced films, cures in the medical arena, amazing things that have never happened because no one fulfilled their purpose. So, you're saying, don't leave this earth with things unfulfilled. Do everything God has called you to do. Pour out everything God has put in you. Because what happens if you're living a life continually being poured into you, you can keep pouring out until you say, Look, Jesus, I'm ready to go. Let's go. So, he can say to you, Well done. You can say, Like Paul, I fought a good fight, I finished my race. I kept the faith. I'm out. That's what Paul did. They couldn't kill Paul. Paul says, I'm done. I'm out. Peter says, oh, it's time for me to put down my body. It's time for me to go to heaven. They couldn't kill these guys until they were ready. John just wasn't ready, so they couldn't kill him. They tried again and again and again. Caesar tried to boil John alive, dropped him in some oil. Thought he was going to pull up a dead man. And here's John on the hook saying, what's up, dude? Caesar met a man he couldn't kill. Why? What was on John and in John was hotter than the oil he was dropped in. So they sent this old man, John, on this journey to this unpleasant isle called Patmos. We can't kill him. Let's at least put him on an island so he can die because he's old. Let's leave him there by himself. So here's John walking the island with no food, no extra covering, nothing to take care of himself. He finds a cave, and he walks in. You can imagine what's going through John's head. Am I going to die on this island? But when we read Revelation chapter 1, it says he heard a voice behind him. And he turned to hear that voice that spoke to him because he knew that voice. There's a voice in his heart, but he had knew that voice when he walked with him for three years. He turned and he saw Jesus. And as you keep reading the book of Revelation, the angels tell John, your time is not over yet. You're not staying in this cave. You're not staying on this island. You got to go back and prophesy to nations. You got to prophesy to kings. Yeah, you're in your 80s. Yeah, you're in your 90s, but you still got work to do. What's in you, what's on you is hotter than the oil they put you in, and you got stuff to do. So, John, take this moment, take a deep breath, but you got stuff to do. He left that island to fulfill his purpose. You must be passionate about your purpose in 2018. You need to focus on maintaining that fire past January. It's important that you are healthy in 2018, because if you're not healthy, it's going to be hard for you to fulfill your purpose. So that means you have to be passionate about your health goals past January. That means that Valentine's Day chocolate can't take you down this year. (laughs) That you have to keep pushing. You can't be those who just go to the gym for three weeks and forget about it by week four. You have to keep going. So that you can do everything God has called you to do. You have to be on fire of the Holy Ghost in 2018 and on fire to fulfill your purpose, dreams, and callings. Focus on maintaining and increasing your fire. Go to Psalm 138. we begin to wrap this up. This has been a year of fabulous outpourings from heaven. The Lord talked to us about it. We've seen it. But it's not going to end. It's going to increase. So you must continue working your land as we talked about this morning. Keep living under the outpouring of the God Spirit because you'll keep being filled to the point that you overflow. And as you are filled to the point you overflow, there will be glory. Psalm 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures how long? Forsake not the works of your own hands. That word perfect, yes, means to perfect, but also means to perform, to complete, to bring to an end. Another translation says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Says the Lord will vindicate me, another translation says. Your love, Lord, endures forever You might not know, how how is God going to work out his plans in 2018? You don't have to know how. You just got to know he's going to do it. People may have talked about you, withstood you, became haters because you followed God in 2017, and it looks like you lost. But in 2018, God is going to vindicate you. He's going to give evidence and proof that you did exactly what he told you to do. He's not going to leave you hanging. He will vindicate you. Another translation says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O oh Lord, endures forever. Remember, when you see the word fulfill, think promises made, promises kept. Say it with me. Promises made, promises kept. One more time. Promises made, promises kept. What are some things God has promised you? things that you haven't seen come to pass yet, you're going to see fulfillment of some of those things in 2018. Promises made, promises kept. There are set times for certain promises to come to pass, as we talked about last week. And 2018 is a time where you're going to see more things come to pass. Say amen to that. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me.
0: He's going to do it.
1: I'm going to do my part. And God's going to do his part. Go to Psalm 57, verse 2. Psalm 57, verse 2.
0: What does the psalmist say here? New
1: Living Translation says it this way. I cry out to God most high. This is my screensaver on my phone. To God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He's going to do it. So every time I look at my phone, I have a reminder. God is going to do it. He's going to fulfill his purpose for me. So it doesn't matter what it takes. It doesn't matter if I need $5 million tomorrow. It doesn't matter if I need $20 million next week. God is going to do it. It doesn't matter if all these things have to change. God is going to do it. You have to get your faith like that, that it doesn't matter what has to happen for his plan to come to pass in 2018. It doesn't matter what has to change for me to receive what God has for me. It doesn't matter what has to happen for me to experience a year of fullness, overflowing glory. It doesn't matter what has to happen for me to experience a year of the Holy Ghost and fire. I know God, and he will fulfill his purpose for my life. You can't be like the children of Israel, unbelieving and doubting. You have to believe that God loves you extravagantly. You have to believe in his love for you. When I was in Zimbabwe this year, I spent the entire weekend preaching on how much God loved them. That first message was two hours and ten minutes all about the love of God. That's what we focus on for a week, and God says your whole purpose of going there is so that they understand how much I love them. And on that Sunday, the Lord gave a word talking about their upcoming elections. It was supposed to be next year, or so we thought. But they had faith. They believed in the love of God. And then we saw a few months ago, it all changed. It doesn't matter what God got to do. He can do it. You read the Old Testament, it says, I set up kings and I put down kings. They don't move me. You have to learn, we'll talk about it in January, to pray big prayers because you serve an even bigger God. Joshua needed more time to win the battle. So what does this general do? He says, sun, stop. Moon, stop. People, let's go. And it said they obeyed him. He doesn't understand the laws of the universe, the laws of physics, of all the things that have to stop and rearrange for that to happen. You don't have to understand all the laws that have to change for it to happen. Just know it's going to happen for the Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. He will bring his plan to pass. It is a year of it came to pass. You're going to say it all throughout the year, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. Because promises were made and now promises are kept. It came to pass. To pass. Come on, practice it. It came to pass. It came to pass. That financial miracle you're believing for, it came to pass. That miracle in your family you're believing for, it came to pass. That healing that's going to manifest, it came to pass. That breakthrough you needed, it came to pass. That wisdom you needed, it came to pass. That promotion you needed, it came to pass. That favor you needed, it came to pass. Promises made, promises kept. 2018, a year of fullness, overflow, and glory. As we said, that fullness is also fulfillment. It is a year of promises kept, but you must do your part. Go through the process of fullness, overflow, and glory. Focus on fullness. Focus on fruitfulness. Focus on fire. Get in place. An appointed time has arrived. It is the time of fulfillment, and God will do it for you. Last scripture, go to Mark chapter 4, verse 16. Are you ready? Mark chapter 4, verse 16. Mark chapter 4 is one of the most important parables of the Bible. Sower sows the word, the sower sows word. And as Jesus is giving the interpretation of that parable to his disciples and those around him, those who have poured into his ministry, those who have committed themselves to his cause, he says in verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately Receive it with what? When you keep reading, it talks about there was production because they received it with gladness. That word gladness is also translated, they received it with a shout. If you receive the word of God and shout about it, you will have immediate production. And after you shout, it's your job to keep getting the Word of God in your heart to make it go down deep. But the first thing you do is you shout about it. Not going, well, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I believe it, 2018. Woo, Jesus. You shout about it. You rejoice about it. Because you believe what God said is coming to pass. And the days to come, we'll get this word deeper. But for the last few minutes of 2017, we got some business to take care of. For the rest of the evening, it's our job to shout about it. If you believe that it's all coming to pass, that you believe that this will be a year of fullness, a year of overflow, and a year of glory, your celebration... Is a demonstration of your what? Your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation. So, what you're about to do is gonna be a demonstration of what you believe 2018 is gonna be like. Now, you might say, well, I'm dignified, I don't dance, I don't run. Well, that can be your 2018 because when you see people get blessed beyond their wildest imaginations, they do all types of things and rejoice. I'm believing
2: for immediate production based on the word of God. I'm believing that God will fulfill his purpose for me. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to handle some business right now and shout and dance before God because you believe that 2018 is everything God said it's going to be we're going to close out this building right shouting in the glory of God shouting in the power of God shouting in the fire of God shouting in the promises of God need to be so we can possess the promise. This is our year and we will receive everything God has for us. Not Leaving anything on the horizon. We're going to get it all. I said we're going to get it all. Are you going to get it all? Are you ready to shout? Are you ready to 2018, the year of fullness, the year of overflow, the year of glory, the year where we move to our 24.4 acres of land, the year when we take a step forward in God's purpose for our life, the year when we say it came to pass, the year when we realize all the wonderful things God is going to do,
1: the year when we a promised land, the year where we see the promises come to pass, that year, that wonderful
2: God-ordained, God-appointed year starts in seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy New year! Happy New Year!
1: 2018 sick so if you have any sickness, disease, or pain in your body, come to the front anything at all, come to the front and be healed by the fire of God
2: be healed by the power of love oh glory to God glory to God
1: sick and they shall recover. The fire of God is about to flow in your body. So you receive it, you
2: believe it, you shout about it, and you act like it. You ready? I said, are you ready? I said, I'm starting right here and I'm moving quick. In the name of Jesus, the fire of God heals you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Receive the fire of the whole
1: The fire of the Holy Ghost.
2: The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus be the fire of the Holy Ghost the fire of the Holy Ghost burns it out the fire
1: of the Holy Ghost makes it right receive the fire the fire of the Holy Ghost the fire of the Holy Ghost <sighs> <Hi.
2: sighs>
1: David sing something as I pray for people Some fast, keep it up, fast. Fire from the Holy Ghost and the authority of Jesus. Fire from the Holy Ghost. Fire executed. Be healed in the authority of Jesus. Be healed in the authority of Jesus. Be healed in the authority of Jesus and the authority of Jesus. Be made whole by fire. wave at us and testify of Jesus healing
0: power hands throughout the building. He is a healer and he is wonderful. So happy New Year.
1: Welcome to 2018. every head bow, every eye, close in prayer.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, save me now, forgive me of my sins, fill me with your spirit, and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com, that's FCCGA.com, to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.